Well, I'll turn to somebody next to you and just tell them God loves you even though it doesn't look like it. God loves you. Amen. It's nothing that makes us move the way we do like love does. When somebody expresses their love for you, I mean, just husbands, just hear me for a moment. If your wife doesn't look so okay in the morning, just say to her, let me just affirm, I'm married to you, not because of your cooking, but because I love you. Amen. Just get that back. Can you give the Lord a hand of praise right where you are? Hallelujah. Jesus, there's nobody like you. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You are not a son. Oh, yes. You are the Son. It's not a living God. It's the living God. And so, Father, we come today knowingly that we can give you Holy Spirit worship. In spirit and in truth. And we love you. Now, Lord, will you come and just meet every man, every woman, every son, every daughter at the place of their expectation. And we give you all the glory. We're expectant. We're a hungry people. We are thirsty for you. Help us this morning to enlarge the place of our dwelling to receive more of you. Everybody give God a strong amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. You may be seated. Can we give the worship team a hand of praise? Amen. Wow. The reason why the devil hates the worship ministry is because he can't bring worship from the earth like he used to do before. He used to ascend. He never gave worship to God from heaven. He came from a lower level up. And you and I have occupied that space now. We come from a lower level, ascending into the presence of God. And then we give God worship by revelation. Every time we look at the person on the throne, God gives something about himself. And that becomes my praise and that becomes my worship. Why? At Calvary's cross, Jesus paid the price. But on Resurrection Sunday, he claimed the goods for which he paid. That's why without the resurrection, you are still in your sins. But Calvary, he pays for your sins. He redeems us at Calvary, and then he comes to fetch what he paid for. And you are the goods this morning. Amen. Can you give Jesus a hand of praise? Amen. Hallelujah. Then it's such an honor to bring you greetings from my first wife, my last wife, my only wife. She was early busy praying with me this morning. You know, we have a lot of fun in our marriage. Prophet Leon, sometimes I ask Roji, are you worried about me when you pray so much for me? Because yeah. she's the only person I know when I'm preaching. There's a certain time in the ministry, she closes her eyes in the meeting. And then I'd rather look somewhere else because I'm not sure if she's praying for me to get more wisdom or what. <laughs> And so I don't allow just anybody to sit in the front row either. Because whatever is in the front row affects us up here. So you sit here like a sour lemon, right? Like, then I'm already saying, oh, Jesus, time to end the meeting. Wrong people in the front. 
I get all these mad dogs that want to worship God and give God the glory. I let them sit in the front. <laughs> so, but um, to give honor where honor is due, I'm going to speak. I want to spend time this morning in, a, in an area that brings the power of God, but also secures your place of success. And sometimes it's this morning that I want to just thank God ahead of the ministry for Prophet Leon and Esther Lee. May God richly bless you. Never give up, never give in. God has and will always vindicate establish we've been so blessed with both of you and it's been a blessing to have you release Esterly to be with the women's ministry can we give them a hand of praise one more time god bless them god bless them hallelujah somebody somebody give god praise for the men yesterday it was just so powerful so powerful I want to talk this morning about the environment you cannot leave. You can leave a lot of other stuff, but this environment that I'm going to talk about, you cannot leave it. The devil may do everything in his power to get you out of that environment. Why? Because it's the environment that God chose in which you would have the totality of life. And he'll do everything. How many of you know the principalities and powers have been disarmed by Jesus? So don't, don't run away from a man who's got an empty gun. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just because he stands with a gun doesn't mean it's loaded. That devil is like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's just like a roaring lion. But yesterday we had the lion of the tribe of Judah that breaks every chain, destroys every stronghold. You see, he is not like the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah that breaks every chain. I, I tell you, it doesn't matter how small your chain is, it's still binding you. But you need it to be broken. Amen. God bless you. Listen, when we look at an environment, the, the environment in which you must live, the Lord creates two components, and I'm just going to repeat this. There's two things God does before He brings a man into the garden. He creates an atmosphere and an environment. And in the atmosphere and the environment, He makes sure that everything the man needs is in the atmosphere and the environment. And he does that throughout nature. And so when you look at certain aspects of life, every seed is perfect. There's not a seed in the earth that's not perfect. Every seed is perfect. In order for the seed to grow, it must have the right environment in which it can flourish. And I think right here at this point, this is the same for your spiritual growth and your maturity in Christ. That's why you must always thank God for leaders like Prophet Leon and Prophetess Esterly for creating the right environment and the right atmosphere in which you can flourish, in which you can grow. You see, it's not about us. I'm anointed of God, not for the ministry I have, but for you. The anointing is always for other people. Amen. Gifts are not for, for us. We give it to others. 
I never say I have the gift of healing. That means I'm sick, brother. Very sick. I have the gift to give it to you. <laughs> Do you understand? I'm healed. But I have the gift of healings. The gift of faith that doesn't come by hearing. The gift of faith doesn't come by hearing. The gift of faith comes by receiving relationally with the Holy Ghost. It's that gift of faith that opens up red seas, turns sand into lice. It's just the gift that Smith Wigglesworth used to work with very often. How many of you know it's that gift that has creative miracles in it? Feet grow with that gift. I imagine Smith Wigglesworth saying to a young man with no, with no feet, um, you want me to pray for you? Go tomorrow and choose the kind of shoes you'd like to wear. And I mean, with no feet. And then two days later, same guy returns walking into the meeting. Uh-huh. And you know how cold, how cold Smith Wigglesworth was? <laughs> Sometimes when I speak to Peter's mom about, you know, when a family doesn't say Smith Wigglesworth, if somebody says Smith Wigglesworth, you know they don't know him. But when somebody says, no, Smith was a terrible guy, you know that's family right but at the end of the day when he looked at him he said to him uh, the guy comes and says look what God has done and he says this did you think that I should have unbelief when I asked you to go choose a pair of shoes see the gift of faith is something that is so powerful it's just that God must restore these gifts so that we cannot waste a lot of time with human energy for something that's supernaturally done in a moment Everything with the Holy Ghost, when those gifts are released, it happens in the now. Like that. That's why when they question Smith Wigglesworth, why must he always travel first class in trains and boats? I, I just, you know, I, I threw away his books because it affected me. But, <laughs> and he said something like this. He said, you see, I must travel first class and I must be comfortable because there's not many like me around I'm a rare commodity and God has to preserve me I have to have this now folk let me tell you something we are coming to a place of acceleration in the kingdom of God that the years of accumulation God will all of a sudden release certain things that you have not thought would happen. It's going to happen. Why? He's educating us with more revelation like we've never had before. How many of you know, I, I'm not going to go into it, but how many of you know, um, there's these guys like Joab in the Bible, which means a, a person who's been fathered. And then they come up against Abner, a next generation of revelation. And we're in that space right now where the father is opposing the next revelation generation. And we need to be so careful that we move in a way of having to understand that what God is doing now, I might never have seen it in my time. So that, and that doesn't mean because I haven't seen it in my time that I must oppose it because I don't understand it. I mean, just think about it. My sons used to come with rap music and I would pine it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Until one day I got a cold rapping for the king with a sting in my voice. Not condemn a man or woman but relaying a choice. Higher ground is the sound that I'm talking of. Not a, hey! 
And then Brenton said to me, you're coming right now, Dad. <laughs> but just because I don't understand something doesn't make the seed imperfect. Just because I don't understand it. But go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Can we read the word together? Say it with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, he is, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Say with me, in Christ. You see, if any man is in Christ, he is a he is. The moment you in, you become is. It never was or will be. The moment I step into Christ, my position changes from was to is. So that's why everything about me happens now. You, you can't almost wake up this morning and say, I'm hungry yesterday. You're hungry now. All right. That's how God wired us. You, every whole day today, you're going to go, I, I, today I need this. You're not going to get up to this often and say, I already feel hungry for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> Doesn't feature everything. Once you take a position, the word, say with me, the preposition in denotes a particular location of something that appears to be surrounded by something else. You see, the water's in the glass. All right? So the water is surrounded by the glass. So when I'm in Christ, I'm surrounded by Him. When I'm in Christ, look at nature. I want the guys to put up a picture of a fish. I, love, I have to bring it here because you guys don't have an ocean. Uh, let's just look at a fish in the water, right? I love the shark. He's not a bad animal. He's just in charge. <laughs> I want you to look at that picture. You see, the picture shows the tranquility of an animal in his habitation. Not stressed out. Just a cruising and enjoying it. Everything the shark needs is in its environment. But if you take it out of its environment, you will suffocate it and cause it to die. That's why our friend there on the side looks very intelligently in charge of taking a fish out of its habitation. I'm an angler too. Some days I got to repent. <laughs> but the guy feels so good. Check my catch. You know? I mean, it took me two hours to get this one. Let me tell you, that's exactly what the devil does with you. He puts a walk into you, takes you out of your environment. And instead of living, you start suffocating. So you existing, but not living. The fish outside of its habitation is still existing, but not living. So there are many people through the pandemic that step from living to existing. Because they're not anymore in the environment in which God had designed them to have life. So when you look at a fish in the water, 
the issue is <laughs> the habitation is a safe place it's a protected place and when you look at it it also means that you are, you are in the right temperature how many of you know you can come tired to church but just enter the worship it's a different vibe amen you, you feel like, ah, I don't know if we're going to make it this morning. I went to bed 3 o'clock. You enter the place of the presence of God. All of a sudden, they that dwell in the secret place of the Most High God shall abide, shall live, shall stay overnight, shall marry the presence. That's what the word abide means. See, in other words, we're going to overnight with you, Lord. So the fish needs a supply of food. It's in its environment. The fish must <laughs> have the opportunity also to become fruitful. You can't just be cruising and have no fruitfulness. It's the most frustrating thing to a human being to be unfruitful. Because you're wired to be creative. I mean, your heavenly father is the creator. The devil can't create anything. He just steals. Oh, yes. I haven't seen the devil create anything. Not the human being. He steals all of us. We don't belong to him. That's why Jesus came to seek and to save what? That which was lost. Now you can't have something lost if it wasn't yours. Oh. How can you give me a kingdom that has always been mine? Just because Adam lost it. This shows how the devil uses our ignorance against us, isn't it? It's like a man who's a multimillionaire, doesn't know he's got an inheritance, still lends sugar from the next door neighbor. Ignorance. Your biggest enemy is ignorance. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You see, you remove the fish from its environment, it will suffocate and die. Outside of its environment, the fish will still exist, but it will stop living. I'm going to ask the guys, you can shift the screen if you have to. You see, man as a person, mankind needs an environment in which they can be progressive in. You see, in order for you and I to live, God has designed for us to live in Christ. That is the position he wants all of us to be in. And if you take us out of that place of being in Christ, you will suffocate. You will know how to say Kurabashandai, but no fire. You will know how to say hallelujah, but no praising God. For, I don't know why God's people use the word hallelujah without having to say what they're praising Him for. No, the word hallelujah means praise the Lord for what? At least add something. <laughs> Imagine if I was God every morning, I must wake up for your hallelujah. And I said, for what? Just say, I healed you, I delivered you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for my deliverance. Praise the Lord for my freedom. Praise the Lord for my wife. Praise the Lord for my children. Praise the Lord. Because you, I tell you, you take this word hallelujah out of the church and their praise and worship stops. You must trust God to see how much scriptures can you tell God about what He said and see how long you can last in prayer. 
Yeah, you must be able to get up. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh, dwelt. Talk to God about what He said, just like you talk to the person who invited you for an interview about the job. How much can you tell God about what He said that excites you? That's, that's, that's the prayer base. That's the intimacy. Lord, I want to thank you. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But man, I don't know you their God, but you my father in Christ. You said in Jesus, I must call you father. You see, so that becomes relationally intimate. You will never forget the word of God in your prayers when you deal with other people. You won't forget it. But if you take me out of Christ, I will stop living. How do I get to live in Christ? Calvary. You can't live in Christ until you've been to Calvary. Because at Calvary, God introduces His plan to be your daddy. Calvary is not about my sin being removed only. Calvary is about the obstacle that stops me from meeting with God the Father to get that out of the way. Now I can come and say, my father, our father who art in heaven. Jesus didn't go to Calvary, so I must get to heaven. What is heaven worth if, if the father is not there? Jesus went to Calvary to remove the obstacle that stood in the way between Adam and God the father. Great sons build on the father's vision. God so loved the world, Jesus loves the father. And great sons will bring a lost world to the Father. So when you look at God, God loves the world, but Jesus loves the Father. And because He loves the Father, He brings the world that God has lost in Adam. He brings that back to the Father. Great sons build on the Father's vision. That's why Calvary is the place that shifts you from the environment of death to environment of life. At Calvary, God placed me in Christ. Now I am in Christ. Watch this. I want you to go with me to Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. The devil is upset with us. He's saying this church that goes with deliverance and educating people in deliverance. This church should just stick to how to get rich quickly. We never glorify the devil. We expose his works. <laughs> that devil gave a lot of men and women in the same kingdom of ours this uncanning deception. Why do you speak so much about the devil? You know why? Because you cannot be ignorant of the devices of your enemy. You, you in your home, he takes your son and you say, Foytoch. But if it was that you knew that the devil entered my home and stole my wife, stole my children, stole my money, took all of that things, you will stop that enemy with the blood of Jesus. And you will tell that enemy that this is not going to be the order of the day. I'm going to stand up in the name of Jesus and I'm taking back what God has blessed me with. This is my blessing. This is not your ownership. I am the owner of the blessing of God. Instead of just going and saying, I don't know what's happening. No, no, we wrestle. We are the agitators. 
We don't wait for some devil to show up. In the mornings I wake up, I worship God and I say, God, why are we worshiping? I'm asking for a spectator to watch this. Let Satan just join the meeting, but not be a part of it. Let him watch what he lost when he deceived me when I was born. I'm back in my right place. I'm back in the right environment. I'm back in the right atmosphere. I don't have to be on drugs to feel a mood. I am not on drugs anymore. I've been set free to worship God and to give Him the glory and to give Him all the honor. Why? I am now in the right environment. I'm in Christ. Look at Colossians 1 verse 17 and 18. Say with me, He is before all things. And in Him, all things consist. That's a very powerful scripture. It's called an all scripture. All things. All things. That's me now with the Bible. That's why I can't. I get stuck. He is before all things. I just love it. He is before my wife, He is before my possessions, He is before my birth, He is before all things. And what is before is greater than that which comes afterwards really. He is before all things. And in Him all things consist. You know the word consist there really means in Him all things that you ever have need of is available to you. That's why when you leave church, wow, think twice. I, don't, I nearly said think thrice. Three times a lady. <laughs> Roger's been teasing me. One morning, she said, oh, I just want to go off just for a moment. My wife's had a knee up, knee, total knee replacement. And she looks a bit stressed out in the mornings. And, and then I would just come up. I said, love, one step at a time. It's okay. We're going to get there. Now take your time. Take your time. She says, it's two months already. I said, yeah, no, it's okay. It's, one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day. So we carry on. I'm trying to encourage her. And then I just broke loose. Lady, I'm your knight in shining armor and I love you. And she just goes, Roy's very spiritual. <laughs> she just goes like this. I know that's it. I know you want me to say, Jesus, you're the center. <laughs> and then she smiles that light, dry smile of hers. And I said, listen, if you understand the place you are in, and I say, I share it with her, in Christ, all your healing is available. Everything you need is in hell. You want your business to flourish. In Him, the wisdom, the creative juices is all locked up in Him. I'm going to show you something in a moment. And in Him, all things consist. It's just like the fish in the ocean. In the ocean, everything the fish needs is inside the ocean. You see the same thing if I took a fish and, and, and put it in this glass. Is the fish in the glass or is the fish in the water? Huh? So there's a lot of people who want to be in the building, but they don't want to be in Jesus. <laughs> wow. 
Why do you think I stay joyful? You're never going to find me like this. I told my wife, you better close my coffin the day I go home to be with the Lord. Because that sad old coming is going to check me like this. <laughs> Why? The joy, not my happiness. The joy is in Christ. Amen. The, the essence of the anointing is in Christ. I am not anointed just because I got church membership. I'm anointed because I'm in Christ. That's why the Holy Ghost is so addicted to honoring Jesus. The moment you say Jesus, the Holy Ghost says, what more do you want me to do? Because my job and my mandate is to honor Jesus. I need to honor Him. I'm going to glorify Him. Neville, I'm so sorry I didn't come to magnify you. I came to magnify Jesus. And then when you step into His ministry and you become a supportive element to His ministry, signs, wonders and miracles are never a problem. It's never a problem when you have Him as everything I need is in Him. Amen. Now watch. <laughs> Say with me, He's the head of the body. The church. I like the way Paul, you know, one day I would love to spend time just with a short man called Paul. He wasn't short of revelation. You see, Peter had the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. Paul was a carrier of that revelation. It's amazing God takes a murderer to be the carrier. You wouldn't have made it in our church today. We would remember you killed Stephen, man. I would be like Ananias too. I would, if God had to tell me as Ananias, go give Paul his sight. I've chosen him. I would say, Lord, it's not that I don't like you. But this is something I'm not doing. Brother, because if anybody gets his sight and I'm the first guy he sees, <laughs> that'd be the last time you will see me. That's my thinking. So I would say no. And God says, no, I chose him. Wow. One day when I come again, I'm going to speak to you about the unlikable choices of God. The unlikable choices of God. I'm one of them. So are you. <laughs> He's the head of the body, the church. Who is what? Who is Jesus? He is what? Now right there, you have a verse that says he is what? The so when you read Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, he's right there in verse 1. He is the beginning. God created in the beginning. First few letters is Jesus. In the beginning. So the word in speaks of a container, not a place. So the container called Christ is everything you need and I need. I'm going to show you even God works in that container called Jesus the Messiah. So when he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. In other words, when you start moving, you've got to ask yourself, is Jesus the priority in this or am I the priority? Because if you are the priority, God can't work at number two. His nature does not allow him to do it. He's the God of first things. So when you seek first the kingdom, then all these things that you want, God will add it to you. But if you are the first in place and time and rank, 
God has to wait until you fail before He provides. Because by His nature, He is the only one that starts from naught and gives you one. And then when He becomes one, He makes two multiply. So don't make Him number two. He's not going to work. It's against His nature. It's like you're telling a scorpion whose nature is to sting you. Don't sting me today. Brother, his nature will not allow him to keep the promise. God's nature does not allow him to be unholy. God's nature does not allow him to be number two. That's why in all things, Jesus might have the preeminence. I want us to go back to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I want to do two demonstrations and I want to trust God for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 or 17, we said, If any man is in Christ, he is what? The old things pass by. Now look at verse 18. The Bible is very yeah, beautiful book. But don't get to love the book. Love the God of the book. The Bible has got no power outside the God of the Bible who gives you power. That's why you got to know the scriptures to know the God of the scriptures. Amen. Now look at verse 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us what? Oh, so why are you looking for a ministry? What do you think God has called me for? Really? <laughs> Bake a cake. <laughs> but reconcile people to Jesus. <laughs> It's your ministry is called reconciliation. Sing like, like all that you want with passion and all of that. But at the end of it, how many people came to know him? How many people had an encounter with him? Now look at the next verse. Wow. Mm. That is that God was where? Stay there. That means God was... In Christ, what was he doing in Christ? Reconciling the world to himself. All right. Lloyd, take your chair, right? And come sit up here rather for me. Um, I don't want you to be so distracting. <laughs> uh, face me rather. Uh, because you're so handsome and you're married. <laughs> now let me show you something. In Christ, if any man is in Christ. So when I meet Jesus, and this is the house of God, this is where in Christ is, okay? Jesus meets me here, and he welcomes me at Calvary. He welcomes me here. Then he says, come inside. Let me introduce you to somebody else. And then I walk into Christ, and I find in Christ there's another person called the Father. And then he says, he's powerful, he's wonderful. That's the reason why you come into me, because he is in me. So that you can have a father. That's why if you're not in Christ, you always feel nobody loves me, nobody cares for me. No, I don't have a daddy and I don't know if somebody's going to love me. Why? You haven't entered the, the position, the location 
in which the Father decided, I'm sitting in this area to meet you. I don't meet you in heaven, I meet you in Christ. I meet you in Christ. Now I'll show you something. Lloyd, if you sit longer here, now, then maybe I'll be laying down. <laughs> I say, <laughs> take your chair with you, brother. It's reserved for you. So <laughs> Come back, Lloyd, without the chair. Yeah. <laughs> now watch this. Jesus is the head of the body, and he is the beginning. This is Jesus, the head of the body. Now, Lloyd, I said to the men yesterday, the head, the head has got all the five senses in it, right? Even the mind, everything is there. But the heart is not here. So if you're never in the body, you will never know the heart of God. Because the heart of God is here. And that's why people who never come to church never know what God is feeling. And never know, son, give me your heart. Can't understand it because you're not in the heart. You just want to be here. Imagine your wife married you just for your head. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I, like his, I like his eyes. Brother, if she just likes your eyes, there'll be no children. <laughs> I just tried to tell you. But he's the head of the body. So what does the devil do with the pandemic to tell you it's not necessary to go to church? You'll get sick. Really? You got sick before the pandemic, man. What do you mean you're going to get sick? You then had tuberculosis before the pandemic. Now all of a sudden the pandemic shows up. Uh, we must isolate, really. Do you know that I haven't... Uh, <laughs> I don't even say it. Uh, by the grace of God, I want to say it. Like as if, God, you were just merciful to me. By His stripes, we were healed. Not going to be healed. We were healed. The problem with us is we have so much unbelief. The devil has an agreement to make you sick. Oh, yes. Has an agreement with you so that you can be sick. But look at this. So my wife and I, I go to hospitals. I go pray for the guys. Sometimes they give me PPE clothing just so that I can comply with their unbelief. So I go, I pray for the guy. One guy, we're going to bury him on the Saturday. The Friday, he walks into my house. I fainted nearly, brother. Because they arranged everything. I was going to be the preacher at the funeral. And then he comes into my house. Hey, pastor, I just don't know. I said to Roger, Roger, keep this guy outside by the door. <laughs> I said to him, how did you, Wyron, how the heck did you get out of hospital to my house? He says, no, God spoke to me with a clear voice. You must leave by Friday. I have other stuff for you to do. And he comes out of there to my house. And my unbelief, <laughs> My unbelief rises, brother, because I'm seeing the evidence. It's like Acts chapter 12, Peter's at the door knocking. We prayed all night for Peter to come out. He's at the door. We opened the door. He says, Peter, close the door. <laughs> I just showed we prayed the whole night with unbelief. <laughs> We're not expecting the evidence. 
But look at this. But God placed us. Now you are the body of who? Of Christ. And God has got many members in the body. And if you don't come, you're making us sick. Because any part of the body that's not here impairs its movement. That's why I, when I came out of Satan's number one commitment was Christ. Number two is I will stay in the body. Because that's my place of protection. But a loose brick can easily be stolen. Can easily be shifted. But if it's in cemented in the wall, I don't know who deceived us to tell us we should not be in a body. When God has placed us in a body. Who told you you can sit at home? I'm not saying you shouldn't. You can watch us online. But I tell you, there's a day you got to come. You can't see demons out on a, on a social platform. You can't touch the presence of God like it is in the house of God. The early church went to the temple and from house to house. Daily, you are now getting ready to meet the 24-7 church that God intended Jesus to build. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. That brings me to the world. Church, because the world is not in Christ, the world is suffocating. The world is dying in a Christless eternity waiting for them. It's a privilege for Jesus to save me. But I don't regard it that it's a privilege. It's my privilege to receive Him. So I can live again. So I can dream again. You see, that wonderful shark. As elegant, you know, there's two animals I really enjoy. This one, I don't get too close. But I can go on that geo and look for the ocean. You know why? It's because the ocean is not contaminated. There's no curse on the ocean. It's the land that's cursed. God cursed the land. And maybe you must get that message from prophet. God is the originator of everything. The devil created nothing. Up to a curse is not the devil's business. Oh, now we're going like... Because we were taught. <laughs> if somebody else is the originator of tithing, but you, you must know the devil started tithing because God never asked you for your money. But God is the originator of everything. All things were created by Him and for Him. That's why when I look at the devil and demons, I say, you can't have all this better fashion stuff. You were created for Him. So He's telling you, you must leave. So you must go, brother. You must get out. Get your freedom. What am I saying? Is that the world is not in Christ and it's suffocating. Now watch this, this shift to bring lost people into the kingdom. Watch the shift of having no title, but having power. Oh yes. You know that sonship is the most deadliest title you could ever have. The devil's not scared of my apostleship. He's scared that I'm a son who carries an apostolic grace. That's what fears. That's what he fears. He doesn't come to Jesus and says, Oh, you're the high priest. No, if you are the son of God, turn the stones into prayer. 
Because sons carry the DNA of a father. When the father speaks to the earth, it brings forth what he says. Everything he says takes the shape of what he says. That's why you got to be so careful that when you use this vocal cords of yours, don't forget no matter who you are, saved or unsaved, you have a creative ability in speaking. That's why Solomon with all his wisdom says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And James goes a little bit further and says that little organ called the tongue can put a whole place on fire. And the only way you can put out a fire is get some water on it. Especially some people's tongues are used to put wrong fires out there. And even if it's a wrong fire, just get the water of the word back in there. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. Tell somebody next to you, apostle is getting ready to pray for you. That's why you came and I know I brought you here because the message is for you. Then I will say, no brother, it's for you. Listen. Even when we were dead in trespasses, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places. Where? In Christ Jesus. I want to teach you a prayer. We don't have all the time to do this. Uh, Lord, you can come back with your chair. Just keep you busy, brother, because you're the guy that puts us on Facebook and all that stuff. <laughs> you can stand on it, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yo, I nearly, I, nearly, I was really going to say, face that way, just now you go through the screen. <laughs> I think next time I'll have you on the carpet. But it gets, <laughs> Now watch this. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Watch the, watch the location shift. Jesus is teaching us how to take a place of power from another location. Instead of just every day, Father give me, Father give me, bless me Lord. And all requesting prayer in Christ, we come into commanding prayer. Because when we are seated in Christ, it's a king's position not a fighting position. Are you with me? We are in Christ. Now watch this. Lloyd was all the time in the body here in Centurion, sitting here. We come, we worship God and all of a sudden, Lloyd, I'm still here. I look up now and I find Lloyd is up there. Right? And guess Lloyd's position looks down at me in the earth. Because I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. Do you know what's under your feet? Demons. That's the next level of the heavenlies. That's the place where Satan is now having his place of control. It's the, what I call, this is the third heaven. This is the second, the heavenlies. And where I'm standing is the first heaven, which is the sky and all of this. Now when I'm praying every day, uh, Father, bless me. I'm looking up. And the more I look up, the more I come with requesting prayer. Now look at Jesus at Lazarus' tomb. Jesus comes to Lazarus' tomb and he says, do you not know that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe this? And she taps a very important revelation. She says, I believe that you are the Christ. 
That's what brings Lazarus out of his tomb. Not the fact is that you are here. I believe that you are the Messiah. Because it's only the Messiah that can raise the dead before Calvary. It's only the Messiah that can forgive you your sin before blood is shed. And because we're not taught that Jesus is God's answer for everything, we start doing a lot of other things to get answers. So what happens is he stands at the tomb and he does this because that's what I'm going to pray for you today. To shift your prayer life. To break strongholds of the enemy. Why? Because when he prays now, Lazarus' tomb is here where I am. He is on this level saying, Lord, whenever I pray, I know you always hear me. But for the sake of these, I ask you, and then next moment, Lazarus, come forth. What is he doing? He shifts his position to this level. And he looks down at Lazarus' tomb. And he says, as a king, Lazarus, come forth. If he didn't say Lazarus, the whole graveyard would come forth. But he says, Lazarus, come forth. And as he says, Lazarus, come forth, he is not praying up anymore. He's praying down. He is coming from his position of authority with demons under our feet. The blood of the lamb goes past. It's not Daniel's prayer this. Daniel's prayer had no blood. Our prayers are blood. We have access to the throne room through the blood of Jesus. We have power over principalities. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. How do you tread on serpents and scorpions when you're under them? How do you tread on them unless you change your location? you got to take up your rightful place in Christ. And then you come from that place and you look at the earth and tell demons, get out of the way. I bring my husband out of bondage. I bring my children out of bondage. I bring the blessing of God into our businesses. I declare from the north, east, south and west, souls come out of bondage. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Why? My position in prayer has changed because I'm in Christ. But if you're all on the ground, your problem is always bigger than you. But when you elevate to the location of Christ, the problems are like this. That's why when I went for my operations, quadruple bypass, back operation, I said to God, are you preparing an overall situation now? And the Lord says, no, come up here. You can come down now. <laughs> Just now you fall under the power of God the wrong way. <laughs> hey Lloyd, I was preaching in Italy, bro. And my interpreter went down under the power of God, brother. I told a guy with no uncertain terms. I told one of the ushers, pick him up. He can't lay here. Pick him up. And put water. Do anything. Just throw him wet or something. Just do something. <laughs> this guy must talk for me. <laughs> so, but... What am I saying to you? Learn. How do you do this? Go home in the spirit shift. And just do it once in the name of Jesus. Because how can you be trampling on serpents and scorpions and you under them? Your position in Christ. That's why when you're in Christ, 
You walk, man, and demons leave while you pass them. You don't even beg because kings don't beg. Do you see Jesus do this? You see Jesus go like this. Mary, Martha, yeah, but he's thinking, really, Lord, it's a bit out of sync with society, really. Yeah, I was out of sync with a blind man. I spat in the ground and put spit on his face. It was also out of sync for the people who could see, but the blind man, he didn't mind, didn't care. I didn't even see you spit. I just know it was wet. <laughs> it's the people who can see that's more the problem. But you know what, prophet, when he moves in his position in Christ, he takes up a kingship anointing. Kings are in the throne room, not in the sanctuary. The priest is in the sanctuary. Prophets speak into both levels, priesthoods and the kingship. But what's Jesus? You see, Jesus doesn't go like this because he knows the power of this location. He doesn't go like this, uh, Mary, Martha, it's okay. Um, uh, guys, get, uh, let's just roll the stone away. And then he goes like this, Lazarus, come on, come out, man. He says it quietly so that if he doesn't come out, nobody else heard <laughs> that he must come out. You see why you get persecuted? Because you're bold in your statements. Like Christ. It's not like you quietly said, I saw you there. And I checked that was there. It's like I said to a lady last two weeks ago. You were in an accident. Somebody died in the accident. You're blaming yourself for it. And she looks at me. She says, no, uh, when we're in heaven, we see everything. Our position is panoramic. We stand in heaven, we're talking to Italy, we're talking to the east, we're talking to the north, the south, east and west. Because from heaven, God can shift revivals anywhere in the world. God has that ability to, and He's only looking for a man or a woman that has that boldness. So when that boldness comes, doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Look at Jesus. He says, roll away the stone with a loud voice. With a loud voice, for those who get nervous about noise, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hang out with Jesus. I promise you, Jesus used to mess up every funeral he attended. You wouldn't want him to come to your funeral. You'll get up, brother. I promise you. He messes up everything. Why? Everywhere he sees the devil's manifestation, he destroys it. He sees death as a result of sin. He destroys it. He sees sickness and disease because of sin. And now instead of living eternally in this body, we have now 70 years to contend with because of sin and death. So he deals with sin and death just where he finds it. And he's alive forevermore. So when he looks at Lazarus from heaven, he goes, Lazarus, come forth. And he that is dead rises up with bondage tied up. And he comes out like this. Because Lazarus's tomb has got more than 50 stairs down into the cave. So when God takes him out of that enclosed environment, his arms are still tied up. But how many of you know when the Messiah speaks, you need the second touch. Untie him. Because you can't worship God like this. 
Take off the clothing, take off the grave clothing. Because the grave clothing reminds me of satanic bondage. The grave clothing reminds me that you are bound. You've been set free, but you're still bound. Untie him. And then when they untie him, that's when we lift up our arms. I worship you, almighty God. Come on, let's give Jesus the praise. He deserves. Hallelujah. You didn't say it will happen. You said it did happen. And we give you the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. While you're on your feet. Father, there's one man. One woman. Hey, folk, I want you to. You know, I would like to have a prayer line for you. But I want you to experience God. Do you know God is so personal? God never deals with a crowd. Oh. Peter, there's a boy with five fish and two loaves here. Give every person a piece of bread meeting their need. Doesn't matter how many people. There can be thousands of people. And the Holy Ghost meets every man's piece of bread for where he or she is. And he cuts that bread for them. I remember in meetings that I would sit in there. It's as dead as a doornail. But I'm weeping. Because I know the power of shifting into heaven. And then I forget about everything. Everybody. And then it's quiet. It's like Jesus. This is like a refrigerator man. And he says, no, but the two of us here is the heat of the heavens. Why? He's personal. You can sit in a bank like I did at the surgery. I go from the bank. The Lord says, me go and see a doctor friend who's been Muslim at the time. I walk into the surgery and I do like every other person. You know, sometimes I don't allow myself to be big deal. I sit in a queue just like everybody because I also got used to nine months of waiting. And I saw waiting as, as a very favorite environment. <laughs> so I sit in the surgery and in comes a woman. Chronic epileptic problem brought into the surgery. She's carried in there. They can't keep her up. She falls on the ground. I'm sitting there. You know, folk, let me tell you, the Holy Spirit has got good manners, man. You know the people the Holy Ghost can't work with? It's people with bad manners. Bad interpersonal. In Afrikaans, it's not on And the Holy Spirit doesn't even go there with them. They want to drive out devils. The devil says, but I have you already on my side because of your, your fruit of your flesh. The serpent will eat from the dust. Who do you think comes from the dust? You. You is breakfast. Lunch and supper. I starve him, brother. 
It's easy to fight the hungry man who's got no food in his body than to fight someone who's been eating from you all day. Oh yes, I starve him because it's easy to get rid of him when he's just skin and bone. But maybe in your life he's just obese. <laughs> Kill him. Starve him. I sit in that surgery. She's laying on the ground. The Holy Spirit tells me inside of me, let that devil go. I don't open my mouth because in heaven, every thought is audible. Every thought. That's why Jesus says, I know their thoughts. Because thoughts is an unsaid word. Not heard, but said. So I'm sitting inside of me. You see, when you take up your position in Christ, you sit there and you're looking down at the surgery and you say, devil, let her go. Now, something happens down there. But your body is sitting here. And the next moment I get up, I said, can I help you just pick her up? So I go to Jakut's surgery, the office. I knock on the door. I said, Ismail, this lady, we got a perhaps a medical bed somewhere where you can just put her up, man. She just collapsed inside the reception area. He looks at me and says, Neville, no, bring her in. It's okay. So we pick her up. We put her on the bed. Close the door. I go sit again. And he comes out frantically looking for me from the surgery area. He comes out. He says, excuse me, uh, Mr. Goldman. You see, in the place of the public space, we maintain our levels of respect. When we go play golf, it's Ismail and Neville. When I'm in his domain, it's doctor. No familiarity. So he comes out. He calls me. He says, shut the door. Did you pray for this woman? Did you pray for this woman? I said to him, wait, relax, man. What's up? He says, listen, this woman is a chronic problem. She can't be without medication, not for an hour, brother. But she's laying here like she's had, never had epilepsy. She's never had symptoms. I'm checking her out. I'm trying to ask. And then he says, did you pray for them? What am I saying to you as a church? How about you shifting from the pulpit into your room? How about you shifting to a place of saying, you know what, God, I'm going to trust God for this. During the pandemic, we shifted our prayer meeting into heavenly places. And we said to a hospital, we're visiting this hospital and we're going to walk into this hospital from heaven. We're declaring that all the patients will be healed in the mighty name of Jesus. We went all of that. And in the natural mind, everybody doesn't understand it. And then a contracting person was in construction comes and phones me and says, I listened to the stream. And then he said, did you know I was still enlarging this, 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 uh, this, this, this ward? We're going to build a bigger one. But the day before, it was packed with people. When I went back the next day, the afternoon, it was empty. We asked, where are the people? They said, no, they, their condition has shifted and changed and they left. Why? What am I saying? I'm trying to tell you there's another level of the presence of God that will break the strongholds of the enemy. All that God wants is a man to stand in the gap. Where? Where? Before me. Not from here, there. Join the prayer meeting of the Holy Ghost. Join the prayer meeting of Jesus. It's not happening here in Centurion. Centurion is happening with him up there. 
That's what he's doing. He's taken all of us into that area. Can we pray in the spirit? I'm going to ask the Lord to take all of us. Just for a moment. Just pray in the spirit. Just pray. Father, we bless you. Rabba shaparia sakaramande yo. Shikarabasa tarabosha karamanda. Rebeso toromosha karamanda. Rega satarabasi tiriande. Rusha mosa pariase kerebende yo. Shift us, Lord. Shift our location from just being in ministry to being in Christ. Rosha la mosa papariase karamande yo. In the name of Jesus, the Christ the son of the living God we are seated in heavenly places everything I need is in Christ and if any man is in Christ he's a new creature now receive the glory I want you now to thank God that he will break chains that he will set men free that will bring freedom and deliverance I want you to give him a shout of glory and praise because you believe God hey to Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ipa selaleleyo, chokoromosa paparianda. I want you to think of somebody right now, quickly. I want you to think of somebody. I'm going to use what Jesus did. Lazarus, come forth. I want you, we're going to give God a shout of praise. But in that shout, I want you to call out the name of somebody that you believe should find Christ should get to know Jesus. Amen. Father, as we give the shout of glory and the shout of praise, we call on names of people. We're going to break the chains of the enemy over them. In the name of Jesus, right? Let's give God the shout of glory, the shout of victory now. Yes! mighty name come out of your bondage come out of your darkness come out of your depression come out of your sickness and disease in the name of Jesus to God be the glory every hand you put your hands down and let's just trust the Lord if any man is in Christ he is a new creature if you don't know Jesus this morning, young and old, and you say to me, no, you talk about being in Christ. I don't, I'm in church, but I'm not in Christ. If that's you, don't worry about me. I just want you to shift from a powerless environment. We're not asking you to come to church to be members. We're asking you to come to church to find your place of power and blessing from God. If you're here today and you need Jesus, just lift your hand quickly right where you are. Don't worry about me. Just quickly. I don't want to just waste the time. God bless you. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I want to show you some. God bless you, son. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. It's time that you move. 
Now I want those who raise their hands, come to me. I want to trust God for His power over you. Just come quickly. Walk away from yesterday. Just help them. Just come up here quickly. Just come. Don't worry about anybody. That's the boldness you have when you walk away from your yesterday. Don't worry what people think. They cannot change you. They cannot deliver you. But Jesus can deliver you. Jesus can make you free. Jesus can bring the difference. He can. He can. He can. He will. He's the God that loves you anyhow. They could cancel you. But they cannot remove you. You cannot cancel a human being. That's why we are a human being, not a human was. They don't like your face, but you're cool. God loves you anyhow. Amen. Now, I just want the church to see something. Do you know where we set you free? From heaven. We just did it a few minutes ago. You see? So what happens? It gives you the pluck to say, no, man. This stops. Why? The bondage that was over you gets lifted. And all of a sudden you think differently. How does the devil enthrone your life? He captures your thoughts. How does God live in you? He captures your thoughts. He don't take buildings. He takes people to run buildings. This is a home. Just come home. Amen. And enjoy the family. Don't compete with them. They're the most difficult people on the planet, but the best. <laughs> And guess what? Whether you like it or not, everybody who's never gone to church, we're going to bury them from a church. They're going to come from the church, brother. <laughs> and on top of it, the coffin is too small for your seven-story house. There's not enough space for your Porsche. It's just you. You came here with nothing. You're going to leave with nothing but life in Christ. But everything that's in the earth is for you. Don't make any apology if he makes you a billionaire. It's for you. He made us from the dust. What's your name, sir? Palelum. Huh? <laughs> right. He made you from the dust. Palelum. Where does gold come from? Where do we get gold? From the ground. Where do we get platinum? Where do we get silver? From the ground. Where, where, where do we get copper? From it? ground so he made you valuable from the ground why are you looking for the stuff you must control the stuff not die for it are you with me so we grow up deceived go to school they never teach you how to make money they teach you how to work for somebody else <laughs> you go to school all your life and guess when you finished i must find a job now there's nobody coming into our country to create a job. Guess what happens? Hey, I'll say to my enclosure now. Hey, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. I'm glad they don't know what they're doing, but God knows what he's doing. And he's got a plan for each one of you. You see, right now we take the prayer in heaven and we release you. From the bondage of what? Let's say you sat in your, your, your chair. But Alan, we all got pride. You first sitting like this. I wonder, man, I'm going to get up here. Am I really going to get up here? Then before you know it, you didn't even know how. You just shake your hands also. 
help me right but you know what it's him loving you lift your hands to Jesus just lift it up to him father we give you the glory we give you the honor we give you the praise that you are the God of the impossible turn the lives of these dear ones around that they will be in the right environment at the right time in Christ. I pray for a supernatural miracle for each one of them, whether it be in areas of their physical well-being, their economic well-being, their spiritual well-being. I ask that it be done for them today in Jesus' mighty name. Say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, I give you all the glory for sending Jesus to make a difference in my life. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has passed by and all things have become new. Now, Lord, I acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God in Jesus' name. And you are my Lord and you are my Savior. Amen. Now I want you to praise God. Father, I thank you right now that every curse, every curse be broken by the name of Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. Every curse be broken. We give you the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord. We bless your holy name. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, baptize every one of them with the Holy Ghost. And we give you the glory. Amen. Can I ask, are you going to take them with you? What I want to do is, like I did yesterday, folk, this is me. I'm going to ask Mari and them, all the pastors, your names, I want you to leave it with me. And I don't make promises, brother. I'm too close to heaven now still to lie. Do you understand? I want your names that when my, in my prayer, time of prayer, I'm taking you into that prayer meeting with Jesus and the Holy Ghost and myself and you. Amen. And if whatever God does for you, you owe me nothing. You can forget me, but don't forget Jesus. If you forget me, you've lost nothing. If you forget Him, you've lost everything. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand of praise? Your fire is back. Go make a difference. Go with the men and women behind you. Go with them. Father, we bless you. Can you give Jesus a hand of praise? I'm just going to hand it back over. To God be the glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lamb of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow.